I want to talk to you about how that God has a good future for you. And he wants you to walk immovable in him. Amen? So let's get in the word tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to look at verse 11. This is a, this is a passage of scripture that's you know, very well known. It's a huge scripture to me. You know, you guys know the story about I'm living on my own in Southern California. I'm in high school. I'm working at four McDonald's trying to survive renting a room. And I find this little Gideon's Bible that was given to me by my fifth grade Sunday school teacher, you know, and uh, it says in there, Jeremiah 29, 11, and then Mr. Halbrook. You know, I'm sure he probably, he, at least, well, you know, when you're young, maybe he wasn't that old, but man, I, he looked old then. So he's probably looks really young right now because he's probably in heaven. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you, I re- I, when I found that scripture in the Bible, that's when the Lord spoke to me about, hey, you need to get back in church. And, you know, at that, boy, here I was, 17 years old, and I went to this church and I found the call of God and everything changed in my life. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, you have to know that God spoke this to the children of Israel when they were in Babylonian captivity. When they literally were in captivity, that means their future, there was no future for them. They were slaves, basically. They were a conquered people. In other words, they were in a position where when they looked at their life, there was no hope. And God wanted them to know that, listen, I want you to live free while you're in this state right now. But how you're going to do that is you're going to know that I have a future for you. As we go into this next year, you have to know that God has a future. And and he wants you not to know it just mentally, but he wants you to have revelation knowledge of that. So let's read this. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts. Now this word thoughts in the Hebrew language, that word means plans and purposes. You could read it literally, for I know the plans and purposes that I think toward you. Literally, for I know the plans and purposes, that word think means purpose, that I purpose towards you. Actually, where it says towards you in the Hebrew language, it literally means over you. I know the plans and the purposes that I purpose over you. Why over you? Because God declares his word over you. He declares things. He says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? He says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That you'll be above only and not beneath. Right? So let's keep going with this. Sayeth the Lord, thoughts, or you could say it this way, Plans and purposes of peace. This is the Hebrew word shalom. 
It literally means plans and purposes of soundness, of health, of prosperity, of wholeness and completeness. That's his, that's his plan for you. He's, he's declaring to a people who are in captivity prosperity and health and wholeness. It says here, of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. James says it like this, every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Variableness. That Greek word means if he did it for one of you, he'll do it for anyone. If he spoke this over the children of Israel, that word is just as powerful today as it was when he spoke that over them. And it's for us, because God is no respecter of persons. The New English translation really says it very well. It says, for I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. I love that. Do you realize as you're sitting here tonight, your future is filled with hope? Now, it's not worldly hope. Worldly hope is, well, I hope I get a raise, which means I may or I may not. I, I hope I win the lottery. I may or I may not, right? No, that's not Bible hope. Bible hope is a joyous and confident expectation. Why, why that? It's not if, it's God already spoke it, so it's a done deal. So I'm expecting it. So... The children of Israel are in bondage. The problem with any kind of bondage is that it creates a mindset in the individual as you're in bondage over time. If you're sick for a long time, it can create a mindset in you where all you can see is yourself sick. If you're in financial pressure and always in lack you'll you'll begin to just see yourself always that way and god doesn't want that see the way out is you god knows this the walk of faith is you believe his word in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth he performs it but in order to speak it god created us a certain way we can only say what we see and that's why Satan loves it when Christians will look at their circumstances and look what's going on outside because it's impossible to keep your eyes on Jesus, who is the Word of God, if you're looking at circumstances. And if you look at your circumstances long enough, whatever you look at long enough, you'll start looking to, and it'll become your source. And God wants to be your source. See, God wanted the children of Israel to live their lives even in captivity. So in other words, if you have some stuff going on in your life that doesn't line up with the word of God tonight, 
God wants you to live Zoe life right now. This doesn't change when the circumstances change. It changes when you see, when you have revelation knowledge of God's future for you. And God's got a good future for you. We, we, we see a lot of wrong teaching in, the word of, in, in pulpits about God's sovereignty. And they'll say, well, you know, God's sovereign and he will bless who he wants to bless and, and he will withhold who he wants to withhold and you just never know what he's going to do. You know, he allows this in this person's life, but he'll heal this one, but not this one. And the problem with that is they never quote scripture because it's unscriptural, there is none. And, and it's, it's partially true. Is God sovereign? Absolutely he's sovereign. And he set it up. How? You could see it all over the book. Here's rule number one for sovereignty. Man's will trumps God's will. If you don't believe me, do you think it's God's will that babies be aborted or people be murdered or any of that stuff? Is it God's will that you did everything that you've ever done in your life? No. If you wanted to go rob a place after church this evening, God would really be prompting you to not do that, but he wouldn't stop you. I mean, if you really think about it, he would have just, could you imagine whatever fruit that was that Eve grabbed? The minute she started putting that towards her mouth, he'd be like slapping it out of her hand. What are you doing? I am not going to let you eat of that tree. But he didn't, right? So we got to get this right. Are God's ways higher than our ways? Absolutely. But keep reading. It says that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit right? He reveals his will to us. He is actually Jehovah. That word means the self-existent one that reveals himself. Don't let captivity, don't let something in your life stop you from enjoying your life right now, because if it does, it'll keep you from fulfilling the plan of God that he has for your life. Don't let anything stop you from that. Know this, and this is the game. Satan throws thoughts. He'll use the world system to create circumstances. He'll use people. He'll use everything he can to get your eyes off of God's word and onto your circumstances. Because the minute your eyes get off the Lord, it can produce nothing but death. Right? So let's keep going with this. Psalm chapter 55. I love this scripture in verse 22. Psalm 55, 22 says this. As we are living our life, it says, cast your burdens upon the Lord. uh, This Hebrew word burden means that it's something that troubles you. It's something that bothers you. It's something that weighs you down. God is saying, if you have anything in your life that's troubling you, bothering you, or weighing you down, you're to cast that on the Lord. He does not want you carrying any of it. So why don't you do this 
why don't we just make a decision tonight? I'm not taking any junk in my life, every burden, everything that's going on in my life right now, I'm just not, I'm not carrying it into 2022. I'm going to give it to him. Right? I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to walk into 2022. Actually, why, forget 2022. Why don't you just leave it all, make that decision tonight, right? At 7.34 in the evening and just be free. Just cast it on the Lord. And it says if you'll do that, it doesn't say he may sustain you if it's his sovereign will. No, his sovereign will is very clear. He shall sustain you. Right? It means he will keep you in. He'll maintain you. He'll guide you. He'll bear you. He will nourish you. Nourish. That means if the situation that you're in is burdening, it's weighing you down, you need nourishment right? He'll make provision for you. What does that mean? Whatever's burdening you, he'll make provision so it no longer weighs you down and burdens you. In other words, if you give it to him, he'll work it out. But if you carry it, he can't. Because one thing God can't do, he, he literally set it up this way, he can't violate man's will. Right? He wants every one of his kids to walk in everything Jesus provided, but we all don't. But this is why, this is why we come to church. This is why he places ministry gifts, pastors, teachers, right? Evangelists, prophets, apostles. It's why he places them in the church to strengthen and build up and equip people. My heart is a pastor for our church, and boy, we've seen a lot of it happen in 15 years where Christ is being formed in people so that they walk strong in the earth, mighty in the earth, right? Walk in all that God's provided for them. It says here, and he'll sustain you, he shall never suffer or never allow the righteous to be moved. Now, this is what I want you to see tonight because God's future for you is for you to be immovable. To where nothing that will happen, none of the storms that will come into your life in 2022, and I'm, you know, I, I'd be a liar if I told you, but there, there's going to be storms. There's going to be wind, there's going to be rain, there's going to be floods. You might have to go into the fiery furnace. You might have to right, walk through rivers and water. You might face a bear, a lion, Goliath. But none of that matters because Jesus has already won. And then he, the Bible says he always causes you to triumph in Christ. He always gives you the victory. So in everything, as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because he's with you, right? So that means it, when all hell's breaking loose, you're not moved. That's what I want you to see. God has a good future for you. The foundation of that is he doesn't want anything to move you. There will be nothing that you will face 
the rest of your life on this earth. Nothing that's bigger than him. You won't even face anything that he hasn't already given you victory over. So that's why he wants you to see what he's already given you. He wants you to see your future, that you're immovable, that when the winds come and the storms come, because you've dug deep and founded your house on a rock, the, the storms don't even shake it. The windows of your life don't even rattle. That's what you have to know. It'll cause you to live a life of worship. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. That word moved means to be shaken. It means to slip, to fall. He won't allow. But see, he won't allow it if you first cast your burden on him. If you refuse, if you want to carry and you try to work out your burden, he can't. Right? This word means to be removed. Isn't it amazing that God says, if you'll cast your burdens on me, you'll never be removed. Removed from what? Removed from the path that he has for you. Removed from the plans and purposes that he has laid out for you already. That's God's will for your life. This this word moved means to be carried out of course. He'll never allow you to be carried out of your course. Isn't that amazing? The enemy is under your feet. He's, he's, He's powerless to the believer because the Bible is very clear. He has no authority. We have been given all authority in the name of Jesus. So if you jump over to Isaiah 54, let's jump over there. Let's keep going with this. Isaiah chapter 54, let's look at verse 2. Isaiah 54, 2. This chapter starts out, and it says here, we're just going to look at a few verses in this chapter. It's amazing what God says. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not. Lengthen the cords and strengthen your stakes. Why? For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. That's what he's saying to you for 2022. Expand your boundaries. Don't judge your life by your past or what you think is possible. Get rid of all that because the Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. It goes on and says, And your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Jump to verse 5. It says this, For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. That's who, that's your dad, that's your father. Now jump down to verse 13. 
Because of all this stuff, look at what it says. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. Verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. Not might. That word established means fixed and immovable. The whole word of God is not telling you to ask God for power. The whole word of God is trying to reveal to you the power that he's already given you and the power that's available to you as you believe him. That you'd see it. Stop trying to get what you've already been given. Amen? Amen? This is huge. In righteousness you'll be established. Look at this. You'll be far from oppression. The word oppression means something that comes down to try to exercise hard control over you. To try to keep you controlled. I'm going to try to keep you sick, keep you broke. The Bible says you're going to be far from this. Why? For you shall not fear. Do you know if there's no fear, the enemy can't work? He works in an environment of fear. Right? Remember Romans chapter 8? The law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has not set me free, but made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, what is the law of sin and death? It's literally self-centeredness, selfishness. That's the very nature of Satan. What comes out of that is fear. And that connects you to everything the enemy will do to try to steal, kill, and destroy. It all is in the realm of fear, which always starts out with self-centeredness. Do you know if you don't, if you don't consider yourself, do you know how free you are? you know how free? You're walking in Zoe life. You get in a lot of trouble when you start being concerned about you. So many Christians are not doing anything for God because, man, I just don't have time. I just this or I just that. And, and man, in a, in a vapor, they're going to stand before the Lord and they're just going to be like, oh, I live my whole life for myself. But it says over here, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from that. I'm already free from that. I don't ever have to be self-centered. I don't ever have to fear. Which means Satan cannot steal, kill, and destroy. Because why? The law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, what is that? That's God's nature. That's the law of love. What comes out of that law? Faith. Faith works by love. And connects you to everything. We receive through faith everything that God's given us by His grace. So in righteousness you'll be established, for you'll be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror it will not come near you. Wow. Jump down to verse 17. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. When did weapons start being formed against you? Listen, I'm not talking about weapons that are formed against you right now. Yeah, there's weapons being formed against you. 
But weapons probably all started maybe, probably, before you were even born. Satan's trying to mess up your parents, your grandparents. He wants to mess up your great-grandparents to kind of mess up with your grandparents so that your parents are messed up, so that they'll mess you up, right? I mean, he's working. He's forming weapons, but then something happens to an individual. The old, when we come to Christ, it's like the old is done away with. And I become a brand new person on the inside. A brand new spirit. The Holy Spirit, when I accept Christ, comes and takes up residency in me. Sheds the love of God abroad in my heart. And now, He was made to be sin for me. Made to bear all of my sin. So that, on the tree, on the cross, so that I would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God. And I am made righteous simply by believing Him. Not by behavior. I can't work for it. I can't can't be good enough. I was made righteous. I, I was made righteous through faith. But now that I'm righteous, no weapon, all of the weapons. I mean, maybe you were sexually abused. Guess what? That weapon might be messing with you, but the moment you got saved, you got free from that. Now here's the problem. You still have a mental image and recollection recollection of this. You have an unrenewed mind. It could cause insecurity. It could cause a lot of things. But if you'll renew your mind with the Word of God, when God heals, He takes away the scar. And your life will be transformed. What does that mean? What's who you are on the inside will start showing up on the outside. I'm telling you tonight, God has a future for you. And it starts with you knowing who you are in Christ. No weapon. And all those weapons, oh, they were formed, but they won't prosper. As a matter of fact, Even saying that tonight, think of the people online right now, the people that'll listen to this message that are in the same mess and they're like, what? You mean God has a future? Yeah, how does it all start? Oh, just cast your burden upon him. He'll sustain you. He'll never let you be moved. You could walk in Zoe life, the life of God, knowing that you're loved, that you're accepted, no residual Because in righteousness, you become fixed and immovable. You become far from oppression because you don't fear. And from terror because it doesn't come near you. Right? No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn the tongue while loving the person. Why? But see, here's the biggest tongue you got to condemn. Your own. See, what all those weapons that were formed in my life created an unrenewed mind that said, Tony is worthless. But then God revealed that lie to me. And I found out, wow, I'm not worthless. And all that, although it was a weapon, it seemed so real in a moment of time, it was gone. And I, I just, I'm like, oh my gosh. Wait a minute. I thought I was a mess, but I'm free. 
Can it be that simple? Yes, because of what Jesus did. And that's what you need to know. You're immovable in Christ. He has a future for you, and nothing that has happened to you can have any effect on your future. It doesn't matter if everything about your life, you're sitting here going, Pastor, I don't even know what it's like to live in a family, to have a house, to have bills being paid. We, we've had our house, you know, we've been cars repossessed. We've been kicked out of houses. We've been all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. That, that is such, that's nothing compared to all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Jesus was made poor on the cross so that I through his poverty would made rich. The blessing of Abraham was put on me and all of a sudden, man, God starts prospering me. It's amazing. I love that. Hallelujah. So this is, this is big, guys. Hallelujah. Let me do this. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. You guys doing okay tonight? Isn't the Word of God awesome? I could tell you this. Man, for 15 years, God has shown up in every service. And it keeps getting better and better and better. We keep getting hungrier, right? We're learning how to walk this stuff out. And God is so gracious. He always just meets you right where you are. And then he just will lift you up to a whole higher level. That's what he has for you. Don't get down on yourself. He's not getting down on you. When you get a revelation that you've been made righteous, it will take care of every behavior issue that you have in your life. And all of a sudden, because he's empowering you, because you see who you are in him, you won't dabble in all this nonsense that's way below. It's a lower quality of life, and you'll walk holy before him. It's so cool. But when you know who you are in him, when you mess up, you run to him, not away from him. Because you know he loves you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Hallelujah. Now you got to understand, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through verse 14, Paul is talking about God's plan of redemption. He says things like, we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. We're accepted in the beloved. I mean, he's laying some stuff out. He goes on that, that literally we've been given this title that we're now children of God. I mean, not servants, we're children. I'm a servant as I walk out in ministry, but in my relationship with God, I'm not a servant. I'm his child, right? We learn that we've been blessed, first 14 verses, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and then now we come to verse 15, and Paul says this. He starts this prayer of supplication because he told them what they've been given, and now this prayer that he prays for them is to help them lay hold of this so that they walk it out, so that they can see some things. He said, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, 
I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here's the prayer. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now we know from the Gospels, John chapter 17, what is eternal life? To know the one true God and to know Jesus whom He sent. Prosperity is not money. It's knowing Him. You know, healing is not when your body gets better, it's knowing Him as your healer. Right? Wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Wow. The wisdom of God comes as as you put the Word of God first place in your life and you come to it not to... Not with the attitude, I'll see if I'm going to do it. No, you reverence it and you're like, if it says that I'm going to do it, you honor it. And when you do that, revelation knowledge of who God is comes out of the word and that is the wisdom of God. Okay? I've been talking to the men for a while about wisdom. So we're just going to go through a couple scriptures. Wisdom, it's the wisdom of God that comes out of the revealed will of God. Now remember, when you read your Bible, when you're sitting here tonight listening to the Word, you have no, you have no power within yourself to see the Word, to gain revelation knowledge. The Holy Spirit is the divine agent of revelation. So God's Word comes into your life. God's Word is like a container. Words are containers that contain his thoughts. So the word comes into your life, and then as you meditate in the word, as you put it first place, as you mutter it over and over, we call that meditation, you could say it over and over, what happens is the Holy Spirit opens it. And it says in in Psalms, the entrance, or in the Hebrew language, the opening of God's word brings light. That's revelation knowledge. The wisdom of God comes out of the revealed word of God. So in Proverbs, hold your finger in Ephesians and jump over. We're going to look at a couple foundational scriptures. Go to Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 7. Proverbs 4, verse 7, because we're talking about Paul is praying that the Father, God the Father, would do what? Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Everything starts with that. For you to see God's future for your life, you need revelation knowledge of His Word. In Proverbs 4, 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's the number one thing, the first, the chief thing. Therefore, get wisdom. It's a little vague in King James. That word get means pursue wisdom. And with all your getting or with all your pursuing, get or pursue understanding. Understanding literally deals with your thought life. Wisdom is of your spirit. 
So to get understanding, what that means is think right. So wisdom will cause you to think right. You won't automatically think right. you got to pursue it. Now, if you go back to 2 Chronicles and you look at Solomon, Solomon literally went before the brazen altar and he, he, he literally sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. A burnt offering was an offering that was completely burnt up. Nothing was held back for yourself. In other words, Solomon literally said to God, I am giving you everything and I'm holding nothing back from me for myself. And that's when God granted him wisdom. In other words, in all you're pursuing, to pursue wisdom first, you're going to have to get over yourself. You're going to literally have to make the, pursue it. That means you're going to have to give everything to God and leave nothing back for yourself. If you don't do that, you won't be able to walk in the wisdom of God. Which means you won't know the plan of God for your life. Which now we could start to see. I mean, when I learn these things, I'm going, oh, no wonder why I, I don't know what to do. Versus now, it's like, my steps are ordered. Right? Does that mean that God appears to me every second of the day and I just know exactly what to do? No. You know, some of the time, I'm like, man, I don't really know what to do. And then all of a sudden, it'll unfold and because I'm being drawn this way and I don't even know why. And it's like, oh. It's almost, I mean, could you imagine when we pioneered the church, we didn't know what we were doing. But you know, we, can't, we couldn't fail because we know the guy who knows everything. In the same way in your life, your path is your path. God, all of heaven is behind you walking in it. And in reality, you do know his voice. You might be sitting here going, man, pastor, I just don't. No, no, you're just looking at wrong things. You start putting his word first and all of a sudden you're going to be like, wow. You know, it's... It, I'm looking at this in the natural, and in the natural, I should go this way, but I know something here. I need to go this way. And what you don't realize is when you go this way, it'll lead you to go way beyond what you'd have went had you gone the other way. And all of a sudden, you're like going, God, you're so good. Man, while I'm over here working over here, you're over here working over here, and it's just wonderful. You've already got what maybe you're trying to get. God's already given it to you. So it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, pursue wisdom with all you're getting or pursuing. Pursue understanding. And here is wisdom. Wisdom is all about showing you how to apply God's word to your life so that it brings God's victory into your life, which enables you to walk out God's plan for your life. Wisdom, when you get wisdom, when wisdom comes out of the word, it literally, it literally will show you how to apply the word to your life. What that does is when you know how to apply the word to your situation, it brings a revelation knowledge. It brings God's victory into your life. Because remember, it says he always causes you to triumph. 
Remember how we've been talking about lately? If you study victory in the Bible, here is how you have, you have to understand this, or you'll never walk in victory. You start with victory. Which means the minute the diagnosis, com- diagnosis comes that you can't live because you got this disease in your body, guess what? You start with victory. I'm not the disease trying to get healed. No, I was healed 2,000 years ago. This thing in my body has no legal right, and I already know the end result. I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. I start out, well, how do I know that? Because I meditate in the Word of God, and I see, wow, Psalm 107.20, he sent his Word and healed me, right? Matthew 8.17, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain, right? 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes I was healed. Oh, wait, I start out, so I'm not the sick trying to get healed. No, I'm the healed. I've already had that provided for me, and now, because of who I am in Christ, the sickness in my body has to leave because of who I am in Christ. Poverty has to leave because when I can't pay my bills, when there's not enough money, when whatever it is, I am prosperous. Because when was I made with a full and overflowing supply? A.D. 32. Way before I was ever born. And see, but I won't know that until I pursue God's word first, which is pursuing wisdom. And as I meditate in the word, I gain understanding. I think right. That's Romans, right? 12. Don't be conformed to this world, verse 2, but be transformed by the renovation of your mind. This all talking about the same thing. So wisdom is about showing you how to apply God's word to your life for the purpose of bringing his victory into your life. And when you see you have the victory and you're victorious, now that is what enables you to walk out his plan, plan for your life. Otherwise, you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to make something happen. You'll get in a works mentality. Listen, this thing we call faith, this doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. They which have believed do enter into rest. It's done. I'm not trying to become something. Right? I live my life by what I see on the inside, never what I see on the outside. So if I'm starting a business, I'm starting out on the top. That's where I come from. Instead of, man, I've made so many mistakes, how? No. Every convicted felon needs to hear this. Oh, you're a convicted felon. You know you know how that should how that's going to affect you as a child of god in comparison to the wisdom of god it's not yeah but pastor you don't understand the world is telling me i can't get a job god is telling you he makes a way where there is no way and he will teach you to profit and he will lead you in the way that you should go yeah but i'm this you know i i just this is who i am and i messed it all up Guess what? Doesn't matter. All that was already paid for. In other words, he makes all things new. 
Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, and this is the kicker. It says in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear. That word fear in the Hebrew language means the reverence, the honor, and the respect above everything else in my life of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When I come to the Word of God and it is first, guess what? It's the beginning. That word beginning means the opening of wisdom. That's why God says in Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the best that the land can provide. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge, this word knowledge is revelation knowledge. It means discernment. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of God. In other words, when God grants you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him is understanding. Well, what what is that? Remember? Understanding means you're thinking right. You want to think right? Instead of beating yourself up and go, okay, today I'm going to think right. And then by 8.30 in the morning, three or four things happen, and all of a sudden you're back thinking the way you used to think, and you're like, darn it. And then the enemy's on your shoulder going, yeah, you no good. You're just a failure. You know, you should just stop going to that church. You've been listening to this stuff. It doesn't work. No, no, it all works. You just got to work it. But you got to work out what God's working in. You got to stop trying to do works yourself. Man, I just got to live for God. Oh, God, help me to live for you. God's up there going, why don't you forget all that? Why don't you just let me live through you? Right? Because we spend our life... I don't have this and I need this and I, I don't have that and I need this and I keep trying to possess joy and I try to, man, if I could just meet the right guy or if I could just meet the right girl or if I could just get the right job or if I could just live in the right house or drive the right car or man, if I could just go to the right school, I'm trying to possess. But life doesn't come through what you possess It's not about what you possess. It's what's possessing you. And I got to tell you, the God of heaven, the Bible says you're one spirit with him. The Bible says the mighty Holy Spirit of God possesses us. He indwells me. How long? Forever. Forever. That's the way we're supposed to live. Hallelujah. The New Testament says it like this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. The first half of that verse, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So you guys ready for Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18? Oh God, grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Why? Verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened 
That's the Greek word photizo. It literally means flooded with light, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. What does that mean? See, what happens is now the word of God gets opened and light flows out of your spirit right into your mind and it renews your mind. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you may what? Know the hope of his calling. Hope. Future. Of his calling. What is that? The first thing that will happen to you is you will know. You will have a joyous, confident expectation that where I'm at right now is where I'm not going to be where I'm going to stay. Because I know that the God of heaven has a plan for my life. Your life is not a divine experiment. You have been placed in this geographical area at this time in history to change a generation. And the enemy doesn't want you to know who you've been made in Christ. He wants you to live your life being all about you so that you can fall far short But man, when you start to know who you are in him, wow. It's the way the the Trinity operates, right? Jesus said, listen, I I only say what my Father says. Wait a minute, Jesus, you're the creator of the universe. Yeah, I, I say what my Father says. Holy Spirit, man, you're the dunamis guy, the miraculous power. Oh yeah, I'm the Holy Spirit. I only testify of the Son. I only tell you about the Son. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself. He talks about Jesus. Jesus doesn't talk about himself. He's saying, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then Jesus, right before he goes to the cross, he's like, Father that they might be one, even as you and I are one. I and you, you and me, us and them, and them and us. It goes on to say that we're one spirit with God. We're human beings that are children of God, speaking spirits. You're not to do anything for yourself or by yourself. We get everything together. And God will surround you with brothers and sisters in the Lord that will help you. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know, number one, the hope of your calling. It goes on to say, number two, and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance that you have been given as a saint. God wants you to know God's plan for your life. He wants you to know the inheritance that you've been given. What does the Bible say? Paul's letter to the church at Corinth says, listen, God put a new spirit in you so that you would know the things that he freely gave you. Because the Holy Spirit has to show it. Right? And the last thing it goes on to say, and that you would know, I love this, the incredible power that is pointed at you and towards you as you believe. The power to usward that believe. You've heard me say this. Satan doesn't care if you talk about the power of God. He never wants you to talk about it. The power of God to usward who believe. 
Man, when you believe God's word and you speak the word in the name of Jesus, guess what happens? God starts, it brings God right on the scene. He starts working. I love this. To usward who believe, according to the working, that's energia, according to the outward display of his power, of his mighty ruling power, Paul is praying that, I feel like I've been preaching for about two minutes. Wow. Paul is praying that we would have a revelation from God so that we would see the power that we've already been given. This prayer is not that God would give us these things, but that we would see what we've already been given. You don't have to pray that God, God, man, my life is a mess. Can you fix it? No, child of God, it's already fixed. The plan is already in place. The table is already set with everything that you need. And the Holy Spirit is in you to guide you into all of it. And and the Holy Spirit will bring revelation of the word of God to you so that you will see it. See what you've already been given. Paul is praying that people would see and have a revelation of God's inherent stored power that works according to his ruling place as the king of the whole universe. That was so good, i got to say that again. Paul is praying that people would see and have a revelation of God's inherent stored power that works according to his ruling place as the king of the universe. Wow. Now in verse 20, he's going to start to explain this power. And he'll go all the way through. So you could go home tonight and read through verse 6. And you'll get to see all of that. I'm telling you guys, God loves you. God has a future for you. And he wants you to take everything that's bothering you and give it all to him. So that he can work on it. And you can rest. Rest is the highest expression of faith. To rest means you've ceased from your own works. I'm tired of trying to figure out how we're going to make enough money to pay our bills. Trying as a parent to figure out how am I going to raise these kids to know God in the middle of this mess. Just give it up. When Jesus came out of the grave, he said, guys, all power, that word was delegated authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And now you go in my name. We go in the name of Jesus. You're the one with authority. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you delegated authority. We learn in the name of Jesus over all 
the satanic hierarchy over Satan himself to have absolute mastery over him. And then it says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Start out with victory. Know that God has a future for you. And you'll walk in a joy and a peace. You'll see things correctly. And God will be able to lead you into glorious things. Amen?